Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Okay, so before we move on, we just want to make it clear that we want to encourage you to stay connected. Do whatever you can do this season to stay connected. Um, Don't be shy. Don't get lonely, but do what you can do to stay connected. Zoom Connects will be running. um, And if, if we aren't out of lockdown, in the next um, week, which we will get an update soon, obviously, then we'll start making more calls about how we'll do church in the weeks to come. Uh, but if, if, if lockdown's extended, we'll talk into, you know, running Zoom connects and all of that, like we mentioned last week. But again, call us, call your mates, um, call the community, check up on people. Don't wait for leaders and, and pastors to check up on others. Just go, like, if you've got someone on your heart, remember we're family. Um, take a moment to text someone or message someone, um, give them a call and make sure your friends and your family are doing okay in this season. Be intentional about it. Beautiful. We love you. Okay. Plan for today. What's the plan for today? I heard someone asking, uh, the plan for today is this, we're going to have a panel discussion around the topic of faith. We're kicking off a series called when he speaks which is a series on faith and God speaking and God's voice. And we thought, why not start off this series, kick off this series with um, a panel discussion with our pastors, take advantage of the whole Zoom um, Zoom medium and this different way of doing church together. And we'll just do it as a discussion and chat. And we want to invite you guys to come and be a part of it as well. Uh, if you've got any questions and if you want to help lead discussion, if you've got things you'd like us to touch on, Please chuck your questions or your comments or your thoughts down in the comment section below, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, and or you can also um, SMS me your questions. I've got my phone here. My number is 0424-725-919. I'll say it again. 0424-725-919. It should be in the comments somewhere as well. So you can shoot me a little text and shoot me your questions and we will start answering them. First question just came through from Sally Warner. When did Elias start reading? Great question. <laughs> He's been reading to himself lately a lot. Days. Yeah, <laughs> last couple of days. But that's a good check to see that the questions are coming through. So the questions are coming through. If you've got, if you've got questions, start texting them through and chucking them in the comments as well. Uh, but we're going to get started. But how about we pray before we get started? Sal, can I ask you to pray for us? Um, bless the church community and also just bless this time of just discussion. It'd be awesome if we can get you to pray. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, that you are still good, that you are on the throne, Father. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, in every season, Father. I want to pray right now that you will um, come and touch every single person's heart, Lord. Let us have hearts to receive what you want to say in and through this service, Father. Pray you bless our church, Lord. We thank you that we go from strength to strength in every single season. And we say, have your way in and through our lives in this meeting. Amen. 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 Beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's get started. So for those of you that don't know the people on screen, just quick introduction. We've got Joseph and Soph. Um, I'm not sure where they are on your screen. They're on the right of your screen, I believe. I guess everyone's got a label. So Josiah and Sophie, um, they're pastors at church. All the guys on the screen are pastors at church. Joseph and Sophie, amazing uh, man and woman of God. We've got Tony and Heidi. Um, they're in the middle, the top middle. So incredible people. Um, they've been with the church since the inception as well. Um, most of us have been, apart from like we were born in the church because we were, I guess we're a part of mom and dad in some way, me and uh, Josiah. We were kind of with the church from the beginning. That's what I'll claim that. Um, we've also got Sal and Laurie, incredible pastors as well on the team. Um, absolutely amazing people. Me and my wife, Vanessa, this is little baby Elias. And we've got mom and dad, uh, lead pastors of the church. And this is, oh yeah, sorry, their names are Leo and Christine. So um, we've got Tony, Heidi, Leon, Vanessa, Joseph and Soph, uh, Sal and Laurie, 
Leo and Christine, and we're going to get the conversation started. So we're talking about when he speaks, and I was thinking about the story of little Samuel. Well, Samuel used to be little, the, the prophet Samuel that we read so much about in the Bible. Once upon a time, he was a little boy, and he spent a lot of his time in the temple um, with, a, with a, a temple manager, a priest named Eli. And there was a story in scripture about um, Samuel as a child uh, in his bed, he used to hear the voice of God. He didn't know it was the voice of God, but he heard out. He heard, he heard a voice crying out, Samuel, Samuel. And the story goes like this. Samuel hears the voice and he runs out. He runs down to Eli and he says, yes, Eli, you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. You must be hearing things. And Samuel probably runs up to his room thinking, oh my gosh, what am I hearing? What's going on? And he, he goes back to bed and he's awoken again and he hears the, the voice saying, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And so again, Samuel gets up out of his bed and he runs downstairs and he heads to Eli and says, yes, Eli, you called me. I heard you calling me. And Eli said, no, no, go back to bed again. I didn't, I didn't call you. So once again, Samuel goes back to bed and again, he hears the voice, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Imagine hearing this voice and you don't know where it's coming from and you're confused. And he runs back down and he says, Eli, I heard you calling me. And then all of a sudden, Eli just has this revelation. And he, and in that moment of realization, he says to Samuel, he says, wait, you're hearing the voice of God. When you hear it again, go back into your room. And when you hear it again, responds that your servant, he says, yes, say yes, Lord, your, your servant is listening. And so uh, Samuel goes back up to his room and he says, yes, Lord, your servant is listening when he hears the voice again. And I thought, it's a cool little um, example of how easy it is to mistake the voice of God or maybe not even be aware that God's speaking to you. Like God speaks to us, but sometimes we're not aware that God's even speaking to us. Maybe it seems too natural. Maybe it seems like second nature and, and you're not even sure how to distinguish the voice of God. I just thought it'd be cool to kind of chat around this and maybe even chat around how God speaks to us. So I just want to open it up to the floor. If any of you want to chat around how God speaks to you or how, yeah, how God's spoken to you in your life. So what's, what's interesting um, about the whole story about Samuel and Eli is back in the day, the prophets and the priests are the only ones who could hear the voice of God. And they were actually the go between, between God and man. So Eli was the person, the priest, who was meant to hear the voice of God. And it was very groundbreaking to hear Samuel hear the voice of God back in the day. And um, just a line of thought, I know that there are some people out there who may believe that God doesn't speak today or God does not speak today. But I like to maybe pose a thought by saying that it's not about if God speaks today or not uh, it's more rather are we listening or are we hearing the voice of God in John chapter 10 27 Jesus says my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me the thing is you and I are his sheep and we uh, it says that we know him we hear his voice and we follow him uh, I mean uh, if we're not here used to hearing his voice obviously we're going to get overwhelmed and uncomfortable but it, it, it God is saying that you and I have the ability to hear his voice I mean in Revelations 2 7 Jesus appealed to all the seven churches in Asia and he says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying you and I have the capability to hear what God is saying to us amen and yeah. um I mean, I would love to give you a few points in the way that we hear God. You know, there are several different ways in the way we hear God. And the first way we hear God, uh, you know, in scripture, we see the audible voice of God in Genesis 3, 8, where God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. We see Moses experiencing or hearing God's voice in Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 through to 6. And then you might say to me, Christine, but what about the New Testament? Well, guess what? Paul, uh, uh, Silas, you know, got struck with lightning and he heard the audible voice of God in Acts 9. Uh, verses three, two to seven, you know, you and I can hear the audible voice of God, you know, if that's how he's wanting to speak, then the written word of God is another way of um, 
hearing him speak to us, the Logos word, you know, because his word is spiritual manner to our souls. So I want to encourage us all to get into the word, understand the word of God, read, dissect it, and let revelation seep into your life so you can actually hear what he's saying through scripture. The other, another way of hearing the voice of God is through dreams and visions. Um, and we, uh, it says in Acts 2, 7, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You and I, God is able to inject images and ideas while we fall asleep. Um, you know, uh, lately I've been going to bed just knowing and being mindful that he's with me. And I, as I put my head to the pillow, Father, I just thank you for the dreams and the visions you're going to lay in my head as I fall asleep and uh, in the things you're wanting to speak into our life. Another way is um, signs. I'm not saying signs are wrong. You know, sometimes we tend to fleece like Gideon did in Judges chapter 6, verses 36 to 40. You know, Gideon put out a fleece, uh, you know, and asked God and God confirmed it. But usually we shouldn't rely on signs. We should rely on the word of God and other areas. But God is happy to, you know, commit to those areas. Then a still small voice. Elijah was running away from Jezebel and he hid in the cave. And, you know, God, there was a massive wind. There was fire. There was an earthquake. God didn't speak in any of those ways you know while he was in the cave he spoke to Elijah in a still small voice then finally another way God speaks to us is through people and if you look at 1 Peter 4 11, it talks about you know how people can you know speak to you but the thing is when people speak to us is we need to submit that to leadership and submit our word to leadership. So there's accountability and transparency in hearing the voice of God, you know, especially when it comes to directional words kind of thing. Yeah. That's so good. Thought. Um, I was thinking when you were talking um, uh, a time when I was um going to the doctor for something and I, I, I was, you know, having a bit of fear of the outcome of the results to some blood tests that I was doing. And I was in the car and um, a song was on, you know, I was listening to 103.2, there's your plug. <laughs> um, but I, I heard a song and the words, as I'm like getting out of the car, the words were exactly, do not fear. You know, and that just hit me straight into my spirit. And I just knew that was the Lord talking to me through that song, you know. Um, so he He speaks in, in those ways as well. So um, that was just a personal, um, yeah, story about that. But amazing. I mean, Jeremiah 33 says, call on to me and I will answer you and I will tell you, tell you great and mighty things. You see, we just need to call to him and he will tell us great and mighty things. I think it's so cool to hear like that God speaks to us in so many different ways. Like, a, like, like what you just listed, mom, there's like many different ways that God can speak to us. And even through a song that God can speak to us. I, th I think another good question to ask then is why do you think people struggle to hear God's voice? Cause I think there's many people that, I mean, I mean, especially like running a lot of youth camps in the past, one of their recurring questions that I, that I hear asked is how do I hear God's voice? You know? So maybe, a good question to ask is why do people struggle to hear God's voice? It's a good question. Um, I think when, when someone asks that sort of question, my mind goes to um, our heart posture and obviously uh, the precision of our lives because um, God is always broadcasting. So the station's always broadcasting. We've got to fine tune. We've got to tune into that particular station. And sometimes we've got too many stations that are playing that aren't the right, tuned into the right station. And so Samuel went to sleep. So it was when he was going to sleep, that's when he heard the voice of God. He was in that quiet by himself time. He wasn't busy running around hearing all these, you know, everyone else's issues or problems or in life. Um, so to me, it's when you're committed to the word of God, even Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. So when you when you become a, a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus, your heart has said yes to him. So already you're posturing yourself to be able to hear his voice. And then if we commit ourselves to the already written, revealed word of God, if we do what the Bible says, it's going to position us to hear the, the, the specific will of God. It's going to 
It's going to position our hearts to hear him speak. Sometimes we're not even committed to doing what he tells us to do, like getting saved, for example. Does God speak to unsaved people? 100%. He's always speaking to unsaved people. He's trying to bring them to Jesus, and he speaks to them. I heard God's voice when I was unsaved. Not all the time, but I remember he, he actually had said some things to me, and I, I could recall one or two things that he'd said. So he speaks to unsaved people, but when I got saved, my, and I'm committed to the word, when, you know, when you say, okay, Lord, I will forgive someone, for example, and then you hear God's voice in the area of forgiveness. Because when you come up against something like um, someone hurts you and the Holy Spirit's saying to you, you need to forgive him, you're going to hear his voice because you're willing to submit yourself to do the word of God. Yeah. So uh, your heart posture to be obeyed. I find people struggle. They're not even obedient to the word of God, written word of God. Yeah. And they're trying to hear God's voice mm -hmm. in the specific. So be obedient to the general will of God already revealed. Yeah. Whatever it says to do, be obedient to it. And you'll hear the specific voice of God much better. Yeah. And just on the back of that as well, I think um, what's a really big one is, and this is not for everyone, but it's to be quiet. Like, you know, we ask why do, why, you know, why do people struggle to hear the voice of God? And, you know, for, for some moves or groups of people, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of God, this, and how about this? And what's your thoughts on this? And it's, you know, you're in a posture of prayer, you're praying and you're, you're, in time with the Lord and it's like I'm the one talking and then you know we're actually not even allowing God to speak into our lives um you know so on the back of that you know that heart posture on what you know Leo you know was sharing is you know what's 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 our hearts how you know are we are we when we're in prayer and when we're when we're with him when we're with when we're in the presence are we I just I'd encourage you to just sit there and and be still like sit there and actually just be quiet, you know, and you mm. may ask questions, God, what do you, what do you, what do you, what are you saying to me in this season? And then simply being quiet, you know, where do I need to grow right now? Where, what are you teaching me right now? And then be silent. You know, often we can find ourselves often asking question after question after question. And, you know, it, we're actually, we're not even allowing God to speak because we're just, we're the one doing all the talking. Um, just to answer part of Anthony uh, Anthony's question says, well, how do we distinguish what could be still, uh, you know, God's voice or our thoughts? Um, and there's a few different um, avenues, and I'll just touch on one and how we can distinguish it. Is it is it is it in alignment with the Word of God? So is is what this is what is if what the Spirit of God's prompting inside of you, if it's in alignment with the the Word of God, then you can be sure and confident that the Spirit of God is speaking through it. If it contradicts what the word of God is saying, if it if it tampers your identity, if it it's if it pulls you away from what God's called you to be, walk in, do and say, then I would say, yeah, that's not from God. Um, yeah, so good. it's awesome. Yeah, I, I was I was reading someone. Uh, Diana com commented about how God speaks to her through movies, and it's just so beautiful, kind of like what Dad said and Josiah is saying now. It's like. It's got a lot more to do with your posture because God can speak to you through everything. The Bible yeah. says creation cries out um, for the glory of God. Like it's like the, it, you know, there's so much um, that testifies to who God is and his character. And so um, God is speaking all the time and the posture of our heart is super important. Yeah. Uh, in scripture, uh, we, we see it uh, written that faith can move mountains, right? Like, that faith can part seas. We've, we see the stories of seas being parted. Like the, the faith in the Exodus story um, caused, you know, plagues to be released in Egypt and red seas to be opened up and Jericho walls to fall down. Um, but the thing is, right, you want to make sure that you're hearing God's voice. You know, like in those moments, you want to make sure that you're hearing God's voice. So it's important. It's, it's awesome to be hearing like, what does it take to hear God's voice? Um, and I guess... It also like it's faith that'll keep us anchored to a promise, you know, like that we're choosing to be certain in what we're yet to see. Um, so we're anchoring ourselves in God's word when he does speak. And I just thought it'd be cool to open up uh, for discussion to hear what words of faith, like whether it's scriptures or prophetic words have kept your faith focused on seasons of uncertainty. So like, you know, if there's been uncertain moments or uncertain seasons, are there any particular scriptures or prophetic words that just kind of held you guys strong? Yeah. So I suppose it's, um, yeah, when you hear God speak to you, when you know it's a promise and maybe God has also given you prophetic words 
You've got to take those prophetic words and fight a good warfare. That's what yeah. Paul said to do to Timothy, to fight a good warfare through the prophetic words that have been spoken over you. So you take those words and remind yourself, speak it back out to God. God, you said this. You, you said this about this particular promise, this particular word that you gave me. Yeah. And, and you might have two or three. Sometimes I've had two or three or four different prophets or prophecies that are spoken in line with that particular promise. So I'll remind myself about that. Um, so when you get a word from God, like Paul the Apostle, in the book of Acts, in Acts 23, that went, basically there was a massive riot. They were trying to kill him. They were tearing him apart. The soldiers came, picked him up over their heads. They had to take him into the barracks. And that night, the Lord said to Paul, this is what it says, the Lord stood at his side and said, take courage for as you have solemnly witnessed, to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. The Lord stood by Paul and spoke to him, you're going to Rome. Then he goes to Jerusalem, gets captured, and now he's in jail in, in, in Caesarea at one point. And there's a plot of 40 people saying to each other, we're not going to eat food until we kill Paul. Now, in his mind, he's thinking, like at one point he finds out the nephew overhears him speak this. His nephew hears, hears these guys make this, this uh, covenant with one another. We're not going to eat food until we kill Paul. So that nephew goes to Paul and says, hey, guess what? This is what's happened. And Paul says, go to the commander. Now, in Paul's mind, he could be thinking, am I going to die here? Am I going to? Like, he was in jail after that time, another two years before he fulfilled the promise to go to Rome. Yeah. And, and so... That's a long time. You get a, Jesus himself told you, you're going to Rome. You're going to witness to Rome. But there's people trying to kill you. You hear a report that 40 men have said they're not going to eat food. I don't know what happened to those 40 men. It's, it, I always chuckle and think about uh, a year goes past. What happened to those guys? Because they didn't get to him. Because God made sure he didn't get. But it, it was a two-year duration, way more than two years, actually, before he ended up saying, I appeal to Caesar. If, you know, I'm not going to go to Jerusalem to be, to, be, to, be, to, you know, be sentenced. I'm going to Caesar because I've done nothing wrong, worthy of death. And so he eventually gets to Rome, but he had to hold on to God's promise, even though he's hearing reports, people want to kill him. He doesn't know if the commander was, will, will protect him. They ended up having like 470 soldiers to protect him when they did move him from one place to another place. Spearmen soldiers on horses and everything just to protect paul but he doesn't know that's going to happen when he's going to sleep i reckon paul had an attitude that we know he already said this if i die in jerusalem i'm, I'm ready to die in jerusalem when all the prophets are trying to tell him don't go he goes i'm ready to die there so when you're a dead man you don't care you know and so the circumstances that scream against the word you got you still got peace yeah even if it's a totally against what Jesus himself told you, but you, you, you know him, you're intimately acquainted to him, to hear his voice that you know his voice. So you can face the circumstances that are contrary to that promise. Awesome. Is there any like particular words that some of you guys are holding onto like scriptures or prophetic words that have kind of kept you to it? Is that for me? No, no just anyone, everybody. Okay. Um, I when when I'm uh, like I'm encouraged by scriptures uh, like they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know that gives me um, a, a thing of just knowing that waiting is okay, and that in the waiting I get renewed. Um, you know to be able to walk into the, that that word that I'm waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> um, also um, in Hebrews where um, it, it talks about how Jesus was looking ahead like it says Jesus um looking to Jesus sorry the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross so he was looking ahead and knowing that what he's enduring right now is worth it you know what I mean so sometimes we 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 get stuck in the in the now of of the of the issue whatever it is and we're thinking when am I going to get there but look ahead and see what you know, like it's even the same when, you know, you're giving birth as a woman, you go through labor because, you know, at the end, you're going to have this little baby you're going to hold on to, you know? So that whole thing of just looking ahead and knowing that it's better at the, the what's coming is better than what you're going through. Um, 
and also uh, the, the other scripture in Psalms 30, where it says that weeping is for, it will endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. Like they're the, the scriptures of hope that I, I hold on to. And knowing that, knowing that the Lord is always going to speak to me when I'm in any season um, with a, a prophetic word or a confirming word for me, you know, like, so having faith that my father in heaven knows how to speak to me. And I, I just need to trust in that, you know, that he will bring that, that confirming word, that word that's going to ease my, my anxieties, all that sort of stuff, you know, so get into the word, surround yourself with people that know how to hear the word of, of God as well, you know, um, and, and, and you'll get through it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 100%. Getting some, I mean, Anthony posted in the comments that Psalm 23 is always a good scripture for him. And I think like, like you said, Heidi, like sometimes it's just that scripture or a word from God that can actually anchor our hope that joy comes in the morning and then we can actually have faith, you know, be certain of what we've yet to see because we know God's reliable. He doesn't change. So his word's going to come true. His word won't return to him void. His word will be fulfilled. It will go out and be and be accomplished. So that's really beautiful. Um, just I kind of touched on this with Anthony's question already. And I, just to remind, if you've got questions, please chuck them in the um, comment section below. Uh, but we got another question that's kind of similar. It kind of goes in with a question I had um, about hearing God's voice again. Um, Sarah was asking about how do you make sure that it's really God speaking to you and not just what you think or want. Um, could be based on prophetic words too, but making sure that you're understanding him correctly through that word. Um, and I was just thinking, I, like, if you're going to move mountains, you want to know that God's in it. Like if you're going to go up against a giant, like imagine David going up against Goliath and not being fully sure that God even called him to do that. You're not going to feel confident. You're not going to stand there confidently with your, your head held high. You're going to, you're kind of going to be worried, but a true faith will keep you in peace. So I guess the question is, how do you distinguish ambition from the Lord's prompting? You know, maybe the inner voice from God's voice. Just some more thoughts around that. Um, Josiah obviously Actually, shared around it being scripture, like make sure it's grounded with scripture, but like just any other thoughts on that as well? I, I want to give an example of that. I remember a few years back, probably 10, 15 years ago, I, I remember a lady coming up to me and saying to me, oh, you know, I want to take on this new job that I feel like is so right for me, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going away, going away to pray and fast kind of thing. And I remember telling this person, I said, you need to, when you go away to pray and fast, you need to be neutral. You need, you don't go in there to pray and fast thinking, oh, I saw one this job kind of thing, because you're not going to hear the voice of God. Anyway, to cut a long story short, this person went and went away to pray and fast to find out if this is the will of God. She comes back and she was so excited. She says, this is the will of God. She was so excited. She went ahead, got the job. And within two months, she stopped the job because she realized it wasn't the job for her because she, when she went away, she didn't put her feelings in neutral in order to hear God's voice. She mm -hmm. went with already preconceived excitement saying, hey, I'm taking this job kind of thing, rather than actually putting our feelings in neutral and saying, Father, yeah. even though I love this job, I'm going to yeah. stay neutral. I want to hear the voice of God. I want yeah. to hear. Because no matter what circumstance then you face in the job or whatever you're taking on, you will weather the storm because you've heard God. But she realized and she said, oh, Christine, I'm so sorry. You know, now I can admit to myself, when I went into prayer and fast, I actually went in uh, with such, you know, enthusiasm because I knew this job is for me. It's so important to discern if our flesh is speaking or if God is speaking. It, it's yeah, so yeah. important. That's why accountability yeah. comes into place. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can add to that, Christine. This is that's also my um, very good word there because sometimes we go in there with such excitement and we go to, before God thinking that uh, you know. You've got to put it in neutral. You really do. I'm going through personally myself. I'm doing a project that um, I actually put on neutral many times, and I'll say I'm happy not to do this project, you know, and and I'm happy just to do it completely, just put it down, and and I just put it before God. And you know, you've got to ask yourself a question. You know, did this thought come from you? Is it a selfish thought? Is it you know? Is it um, 
you know, is it a generous thought? You know, is it, is it something that's born from God? And how, you know, does it, will it, will it take you away from God? Will it take you away from, uh, you know, is it, is it going to be fruitful? Is it going to bring forth fruit? Does it bring God glory? You know, some of these questions you've got to ask yourselves. And, and the only way you're going to know that is if you go before God and pray for them, but with a neutral attitude, get rid of that emotional connection. And I know that this project that came about with, for me and my wife, some of you who are closer to me know what it is. It's, it actually didn't come from my mind. I never thought of it before. It, it came from a place <laughs> outside my mind, which I believe was God. And, and does it fit into his God, God's word? Does it, does it take you, is it, is it outside his plan? You know, you know obviously you're not going to open up an illegal gambling place if it doesn't fit the God's word. You know what I mean? But it, it's got to be obviously a neutral place. I totally agree, Christine, spot on. I didn't have that in my notes, but I do believe that you, I, I did that in, in my personal life where I was ready to let go. I was ready to say, okay, if it's a no, well, why do you ask God a question if you're not ready for a no? Mm. So that's that's uh, me personally. But thanks, guys. Cheers. That's awesome. That's so good. So I, I guess accountability is a big thing, making sure it's in line with God's character. Um, just like I shared earlier as well, like letting it be in line with God's word, like his scriptural word, taking time to read scripture, making sure it's consistent. Um, I was thinking as well, like sometimes, look, sometimes you just might not be sure even after all that and you bring it to leadership and they're just like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like one way to figure it out is test it and then have the humility to, you know, look back and reflect and say, okay, that wasn't God's word. You know, I mean, um, we hear in our School Supernatural um, course about how it's important to make mistakes so that we can learn from them. You know, right. even making mistakes when hearing God's voice. You test it out, seeing if you hear God's voice. And if it doesn't bear good fruit, don't contort the story to make it feel like you heard God's voice and something went wrong or this didn't happen. Like, be real with yourself and be like, okay, that obviously wasn't God's voice. And I'm going to know from now on, that's not how I hear God's voice. So that wasn't God's voice. And I'm going to, you know, go back to him, you know, go back to him and, and um, keep hearing his voice. Um, I think another a story in scripture that we um, read about is, um, well, we, we read about the story of Joseph. And Joseph is a man in scripture who had heaps of dreams, right? And these dreams are like, you know, they're prophetic dreams because they speak of the future. They're very abstract um, they're quite interesting. I won't go into too much detail about them, but you know, the dreams involve like bowing um, uh, stacks of hay and stars in the sky and all this sort of stuff. And it's quite, um, you know, it's just very uh, interesting dreams. And you could say like they could be interpreted in several or many ways, um, but he interprets the dreams to mean that he's going to essentially rule over his family and he's going to be the king and he's going to be this and that and he's going to be in a position of power over his family and what he does in that moment is he shares it with his family and then they hate him for it <laughs> and i think there's something to be said around um kind of being sensitive with words that god's given you and maybe even protecting words that god's given you like there's there's got to be i mean i'm assuming there's got to be a safe way to walk in step with God and hear his voice and know when to be public with it and when not to be. Um, I was just thinking about how sometimes the enemy will send doubt or doubters and unbelief or unbelievers your way to discourage you or even skew you off course or even try to extinguish the heavenly dreams that God's given you. Like Joseph was uh, time and time again, he was like, he was thrown into slavery. He was sold into slavery. Sorry. And then he was thrown into jail and it's like, he's hearing God's voice, but it seems like everything's going wrong. Um, but I think it, we see this story of like the enemy's really trying to put out this dream. Um, and I guess the question is this, how do you protect a word from God? Like if God's spoken to you, how can we conduct ourselves in a way that we're actually protecting the word, keeping it safe? Um, yeah. I, I, if you, maybe if you guys want to discuss that or talk around that. Yeah, I um, I think yeah, I'm good. um, one of the big ones is doing doing it with leadership. Um, so like if you if you have a word like a prophetic word or a dream and it's profound and it's big, um, you know, it, it's to actually bring it to the leaders and to go, hey, this is this is where I'm at, you know, and and share something 
you know, or the, or the, you know, the pastoral team and go, Hey, this, this is what I'm feeling. This is what, what I think it is and all, and, and allow it to be a journey and allow it to be a growing time and a growing season. Cause that dream or that prophecy, uh, you know, for Joseph as well, wasn't for tomorrow. That dream didn't fulfill tomorrow. There was a, there was a period where the enemy obviously attacked him and there was heaps of distractions and you had to be faithful, you know, but, but through the, but, but it took years, you know, and eventually he, he walked into that. So for you, if you have a prophetic dream of God said, I'm going to be preaching to thousands and thousands are going to be saved or, you know, at every hand there's going to be healings and, you know, and all sorts of God's going to use me in, you know, such and such a way. Awesome. Like that's amazing. But, you know, and I think one way to protect it is, you know, bring it to the leadership from, from the conception of where God spoke to you in that and allow that to go on the journey, you know, allow, 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 go on the journey with the leaders and go on the journey with God in that process. Because when, you know, let's say your friend or your family in that instance go, you, you bring it up and you share it to them. This might be a couple months later. They're going, oh, just like, you're not cut out for that. Like, really? Like, you remember what you used to be like? Like, not who you are now, but what you used to be like? Awesome. You can be open and transparent, bring it back to the leaders. And the leaders who also believe and are there with you and have everything, you know, you know every encouragement for you, can continue to speak life and go no like it doesn't matter what they say and you know and and almost give godly governance and godly protection in that so you know my personal you know thought process and i've testimony after testimonies i might share it later with one of the other questions is just going just going with the going through the process you know whether it's prophetic dreams or prophetic calling or you know words of knowledge or dreams with with leaders both pastoral and even apostolically I was just going to add to that as well and just say be wise with who you're accountable to. Mm. So um, not just going to anyone and, and saying, hey, this is my, you know, you're also a believer and just going to anyone, but being wise with who you um, yeah, are being accountable with. Mm. Yeah, right. That's spot on. I also had it too, though, it's um, when God gives you a, a vision or a word for something that it says to write it down and make it plain. So you've got to, you've got to hold on to it. Sometimes we can be there in worship and um, God will just speak to us. We're having such an amazing encounter with God, you know, it could be an open heaven night or anything. And he speaks to you. And then everything else in life just kind of comes and clouds it and you forget this little thing. That was the last thing that God spoke to you about. So it's like you should write it down so that you've got it there. When you forget and when you go off track, go back to what was written. Go back to what God said to you so you can keep on track. It's good. It's easy to kill a dream in seed form. It's harder to kill it when it's a full-blown tree. So be wise in how you do that. word, bro. Yeah, that's like, you know, um, when when you uh, first fall pregnant, sorry, I'm doing a lot of pregnancy examples, but <laughs> when you first fall pregnant, no one can tell that you're pregnant. You're the only one. So it's like when God gives you a word into your spirit, like you're the only one that knows, knows it, you know, yeah. um, until you start to show. Um, that's when other people can come around and, and start to support, you know, like, but at the beginning, it's, it's something that you hold tender be, before God, you and God, you know, so you need to get so close to the, the Lord to just hear him. What's he saying to you? What, you know, like just get your nutrition from him, you know, yeah. keep that baby um, healthy yeah. so that it can grow into its full blown, you know, nine months <laughs> and then <laughs> life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick yes or no question. This is from Graham. Um, has any, has anyone heard the vo the audible voice of God? Yes. Oh, okay. So mum has anyone else? So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I sh I'm going to answer for Vanessa. So it's, that's like one out of 10, uh, people that have ever heard the voice, audible voice of God in this, uh, eldership group. I just want to like help that, uh, use that to normalize the fact that not everyone's hearing the audible voice of God. And just going back to like what Laurie said, like you got to be intentional to protect it. Like write it down. If you hear God say something, don't let it escape. Like protect mm -hmm. the word by writing it down, do something about it, be intentional. And I was thinking about like uh, Mary, when God spoke to her, or when God sent an angel, spoke to her about how she would um, be pregnant with the Savior, the Messiah. It says in scripture that she treasured the things in her heart. And I think 
like we need to get back to treasuring them in our heart and and incubating them like Heidi's talking about and feeding them and nurturing them. Um, And then at the same time, you know, bringing them to to healthy leadership as well. I think sometimes um, because we've had bad parental experiences or maybe even um, unhealthy leadership experiences, we can get scarred from um, bringing leaders and parent figures alongside the journey. Uh, But I just want to encourage you not to let that hold you back because it brings safety. When you bring parental figures in and leadership figures, it brings safety. But also here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, God reigns supreme. So if for some reason it was a leader that was holding you back, I just want to let you know that's not going to hold God's word back. Like we see, you know, the unbelief of Joseph's family it couldn't hold Joseph back, you know, and the people that Joseph was surrounded by. I mean, there are people that saw him as a slave because he was in slavery. And then there were others that saw him as a prisoner when he was in prison. The thing is, God's word could not be held back by the opinions and the thoughts of other people. So at the end of the day, you're actually doing God a um, an act of worship and honor by submitting it to your leadership and just have faith that if it is God, no human leadership will suppress it anyway. So sub- willingly submit it out of honor as an act of worship to God, lay it on the altar. And if it belongs to God, it won't be consumed in the fire. Um, it'll, it'll bear good fruit. So that's just a, a challenge for those of you out there and let it, let it be a challenge to help you work these things alongside with leadership. Um, we had, we had a, um, a question here around keeping words safe and um, practicing God's voice. But I think we've talked, spoken a little bit through that Um you know, with leadership and scripture and all of that. Um, I just want to jump to this question. I had a question about like, I guess, mistakes. So let's say you did follow ambition, right? Say you followed ambition, not God's word. And um, like a, a thought that you thought was God's word, but really it was just, you know, an inner ambition or a, an inner desire that wasn't a godly desire. What do you do when you get it wrong? Um, like when you believe you've heard God, but you come to realize it wasn't his voice that you heard. What do you do? You know, what's what's that look like? Maybe maybe you've got a personal story when you thought you heard God and it wasn't God and it was a mistake and what that looked like. Well, I, I can just touch on that quickly. I think it's it's you've been spoken about uh, earlier, just being transparent and, and honest about your mistake and obviously being humble enough uh, to come back to where you were, mm-hmm. where you lost your place. So you might... You know, say, okay, I heard. I think I heard God, and I'm going to go in this direction. And then you find out I hit a brick wall. Then you just need to humbly say, okay, I made a mistake. It was me. I thought it was God. And then go back to where your spot was. Um, you know, go back to where your track is, not to just keep going. Uh, and and that's uh, that's really just common sense and it's humility. It's being transparent and it's very humbling. Sometimes it could take a lot of humility, yeah. And I think as well, the enemy will want to try and send so many lies to you at that point saying, oh, you don't know how to hear God. And, you know, like, uh, oh, you'll never get it right. You know, so he'll want to suppress you and he'll want to keep you from actually doing the work. You know what I mean? So fight the enemy at that, at that, that point as well. Yeah. I have, a, I have like a short like little testimony that kind of touches on this, but maybe not to like the extreme nature of like you know we didn't pursue this thing but you know at one point in our life a few years ago there was an opportunity to you know take on like and you know lead a church and in that time you know we you know with full of ambition and full of self and full of like oh this is what God's prophesied for me from a young age this is exactly what you know he has for me you know I was prophesied time and time again this is what's happening this is what's happening prophetic words so in that time, and I can say so confidently and clearly out of ambition, I was so like, yep, this is, you know, this is God. You know, I went through the process. I spoke to, you know, dad, I spoke to the, you know, the pastoral team. And I said, you know, it's a thought. And it was really, hey, like what's God saying in this? Where he's pointed back to God. And if it is God, we'll make it work. And, and you know, and he will make it work. Um, but I remember a really pivotal point is we took it to, you know, one of the other guys that we're as pastors accountable to, you know, um, uh, who leads the, uh, the apostolic team and see my um, Tyrone and you know we brought it to him and I remember he said this one you know this one kind of sentence we're talking for a little bit but, but this one sentence that really freed me up and us up completely from this whole thought that this was God was he said if you it, he's like if this is God awesome go for it kind of like thumbs up you know God's called you you're anointed for it 
awesome. But don't think that this is not going to be the only opportunity that's going to come up. Because if you think it's the only opportunity that's going to come up, then you're wrong. And he's like, there's going to be many more. And as soon as he said that word, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I don't need to do this. But I can say so confidently for weeks beforehand, I was adamant that it was God. I was adamant that it was God. Um, and, you know, it would have went ahead and we would have went through the whole process. And I can say so confidently now that if we took that path, that we as a couple and me as an individual wouldn't be where we are in God, in faith, in strength, in purity, holiness, in, in flowing with the Holy Spirit like that we are now. I'm not saying that he couldn't have done that and restore that anyway, but I know that I know now that where we are now is where God has called us to be. So although that was uh, in line with prophetic uh, voices and prophetic words, um, that time was out of ambition and it was, it was out of self going, well, God's called me and then I, I, can, I can do this. Um, so that's the importance of accountability is, you know, speaking to leadership. And, you know, I, I'd encourage you that if you're getting a prophetic word, oh, I feel like God's calling me to plan a church or move churches or do this school, you know, internationally or interstate. It's like, awesome. Like, that's amazing. But it's like, yeah. in what season and in what timing? Like, you know, I, I think in, sure. in my growth in being here, in, you know, at GGC Life, being planted in, you know, in just serving and then in leadership. I've grown far greater than taking on any other school that I could have taken on um, or any other, you know, mantle in, you know, leading something. So um, that's where God, I haven't so much have, uh, you know, went over the line and God had to redeem me, but, it, you know, definitely there was ambition and, and God kind of helped stop that from happening through wise apostolic voices. And, and leaders. Right, timing. right timing. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove. The word prove means to test what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so, you know, that you prove it through trial and error. Now we're talking about testing, trying it, thinking it's God, trying it and see if there's fruits. Does it exist? give glory to god does it bring the fruits of the spirit do i have peace about this so sometimes you'll never know until you actually test you make mistakes i think we've come to where we are out of a lifestyle of relationship with god little by little making mistakes getting it wrong thinking it was god wasn't god and you, you, you fine tuning your spirit into hearing yes. and but the number one way is peace mm. it's like yeah because you, you've yielded so many times to god's word and you've trust and peace has come and, the, and so the peace of God rules, is this in Col uh, Colossians or, yeah, Colossians 3, the peace of God rules in our hearts like an umpire. Mm. It makes decisions. It's peace. And it, so, so when you make the decision for God, it should release faith. Yeah. It should be a, a rest in your spirit. But you, sometimes I think we hear God. This is the other thing that happens. We hear God. It is God. We say yes to God, but we don't apply the necessary spiritual um prayer intercession faith whatever and it doesn't come to pass because there's warfare because there's an enemy that doesn't want you to fulfill that territory or take that that will the will of god for god That's so, right. so that, and then when we miss it we, we get confused we go what i thought it was god but we didn't have the spiritual maturity to fight it with faith the way we should That's right. so yeah. the other thing that i want to bring up briefly about checking with leaders is so important and submission submitting to to, to leaders that Especially in big decisions, right? Yeah. Leon was talking about parenting, and when your when your child is young, you do most of the direction. You give direction, you give instruction, you speak clearly. You, as a father, make sure you communicate what they need to know about crossing the road. For example, you'll you'll clearly teach them these things. But when they're adults, and as they grow up into becoming an adult, more and more so, you've trained them to hear, <laughs> make decisions on their own obviously to hear god for themselves and therefore they will when big decisions a good father with a relationship with a son or a daughter they will come to choose to say hey i'm oh, this big decision and i don't know for sure what's wisdom here or what's god for me and then they'll submit it to you yeah and that's the same thing that we should be doing in church family yeah we you know that's what uh, that's why elders are referred to as elders it's a family uh culture it's a family concept yeah so Big decisions should be tried and are submitted, not with, I made up my mind, God has spoken and I'm moving on regardless, to actually submit it. 
yeah. um, to, 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 when, we, when we're talking about big decisions? I mean, John chapter 15 talks about, uh, you know, the vine being connected to the vine. To be honest, if, if we, if the branches were broken and left aside, guess what? They're not going to produce what they're meant to produce. We all need to be connected to the trunk of the tree as branches. We need to be connected to Jesus. And in being connected to Jesus, you know, we clearly hear him. We're not going to make unwise decisions. We're not going to go, we're not going to lean onto our own strength. Proverbs says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But how do you acknowledge him? He's placed leaders around you to inquire and see what's best and what's fruitful and sometimes they might give an answer that you're not comfortable with but submit it submit it like honestly there's protection in submitting and um you know going that way because god leads directs and protects in that submission i know that there are uh, uh, you know with you can have this thought of being a lone ranger, but God has never called us to be lone rangers or making our own decisions or going our own pathway because God doesn't want us to do that. He's put us in family. He's put us in um, a place uh, where there's leadership and accountability because he knows there's, there's protection. Why is there a shepherd over the sheep? Because the, uh, the shepherd is going to, if a sheep is going to wander off, it's going to drag its tail back into the fold, basically. If it's going to go do its own thing, it's going to bring them back into the fold. You know, the shepherd knows exactly what the sheep needs. And in order to know what the shepherd wants, of, uh, you know, as sheep, as, you know, in order to know what he wants for our lives, we need to be entwined to the trunk, to the tree, which is Jesus. Amen. Good. Yeah. Good. Amen. Awesome. Um, I'm just thinking back to, I had um, Tim Warner sent through, I think it's Tim Warner sent through about how a good example of a mistake, I, I guess, is Abraham and Sarah trying to help God's word along when, you know, Abraham or Abram had, um, you know, relations with um, Haggai. Was it Haggai? His, oh, Hagar, um, the servant woman, or Sarah's servant woman, and to, to bring forth God's promise, to bring forth a child. It's like God did prophesy they'd have children, mm. but they did it the wrong way. And they tried to bring it on, and, and the consequences were, you know, um, offspring that would cause grief for the nation of Israel for many generations to come. And yeah, it's so interesting because it can be hard. Cause I, I mean, I asked the question about, you know, mistakes and I think it was some, some mention, some of you guys mentioned about how, um, it's kind of hard to, I think it's kind of hard to look back on mistakes sometimes because so many of our mistakes, especially the way that we're living now in this redeemed, um, covenant, um, nature of God is that so many of these mistakes are redeemed and turned into, um, you know, the, you know, the good, um, and God, we know that God turns all things around for the good of those who love him. And that comes from the story of Joseph, where he goes through all this stuff and so many mistakes are made. And even him, maybe he, he kind of in pride broadcasted the words and it caused him grief. Who knows? It's, it, you can speculate forever. But the thing is, even after the slavery and even after the jail time and all of that, he ends up at the end of this story, the end of the prophetic process in the prophetic promise. And he's able to say, um, you know, don't, don't be dismayed. Don't be distraught to his brothers when they're freaking out that they sold him into slavery and he's still alive and look where he is. And he says to them, he says, um, you know, don't be upset. Look how God turns all things around for the good of those who love him. And that's where that comes from. And I just think it's, it's good to be reminded that the mistakes, they're not here to bring oppression or anything like that. But we're, we're here, like I think dad or someone said, like we, we build on top of the mistakes. Like we are, um, we are built on the mistakes, learning the mistakes, you know, learning from the mistakes. So I think that's important to note. Um, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about how like the words aren't, like when we're hearing God's voice, it's not just for us, it's for other people as well. And so there's so many stories of, you know, getting words for other people and getting them wrong. Like we've, we've heard about Todd White's, you know, testimony and many other people's testimonies about how they would pray for thousands of people and try try words of knowledge and hearing God's voice for other people thousands of times and get them wrong thousands of times until they get it right. 
And it's this fine tuning of hearing God's voice and it takes making those mistakes. So we've been talking a lot about hearing God's voice directionally for ourselves, but remember God's voice is for others as well. Just want to encourage all of you guys, the family that are, that are watching right now, that God wants to speak through you to other people and he won't be able to speak through you until you start working that muscle that, that you can hear his voice and start being used um, as a vessel as well. I just thought it'd be cool as well to chat around maybe some testimonies of holding fast to faith, like sharing stories of actually making it to the other side of the faith journey. You know, like you got the struggles and the sacrifice um, and the obedience, and then you got the reward and the fruit and the fulfillment. Are there any like really cool stories of like in the midst of like, you know, kind of like a Joseph story of going through the struggle, but then it's like, nah, it was God. I held on to his word. Um, I'll quickly just say, look, it's excellent, Leon, what you said, but uh, it's interesting how Joseph, on the first week he'd become second to Pharaoh. It was not the first month. It wasn't the first year. He just stuck in there and held on and kept believing and kept having that faith. I think the commitment is important. I think uh, even in my life, I, I never knew I was going to end up being a pastor. Sure, it was prophesied by Pastor Slack that I had a pastor's heart, but I never made it happen. It just be by me putting myself in God's presence consistently, committing, uh, long-term, uh, always having faith, always being, I think one of my best, uh, my best um, uh, gift is being consistent. Uh, people, many people have said that I'm consistent. So I, my, my gift, I suppose to my, my word to you guys is be consistent, be, be, be long-term, be committed. And then watch what God does. You know, we, I've been, I've been through ups and downs. We've had many, many ups and downs and uh, we just, just keep smashing through them. God burns everything away, you know, and that's my testimony. I love, I love what God has done in my life from an ex drug addict to a pastor. It's amazing. I, it's, it's got, I've got to testify. And it's that whole thing of um, don't, don't try to uh, speed up something that needs yeah. to be done in you. Yeah. You have to come into maturity because the, the thing that God oh, wants carrying uh wants you to carry is something weighty yeah. so uh, he he really wants you to um to work on yourself Absolutely. so work on your your growth um so that you when when it's time to actually hold uh, yeah. <laughs> to do the job yeah. that you can be relied on by god you know what i mean yeah well done so true 100 percent. any other thoughts or stories yeah, for us, it's been a, um, a, uh, a year, I guess, of completely trusting in his word. My wife's been without work um, pretty much this whole year. And um, I felt like God gave us the promise. And, uh, since we got married, or since we met our, you know, our faith verse or chapter has been Matthew 6. You know, don't be anxious about anything. Um, you know, seek after his kingdom first and everything will be added. You know, do not worry. Understand the value of who we are. And it's been awesome because just because you go through seasons... Um, and holding on to God's word and you go through storms, it doesn't mean everything turns out the way you want in the season. You know, you're always going to be hit by the storm surrounding you. It just means the stronger I am as a believer, the less um, those uh, hits have an effect of us. So this year has been an, an interesting season for us. Just going with faith would be, you know, just interesting financially as well only one income and all uh, but God's always provided through and not just in um, one-off miracles but I think in a season of always seeing that he's faithful um, in other in our lives so you know he grows our faith we've always trusted in him even when it looks bleak and through the end of the season you know my wife went for a job interview and then that same interview they offered her a job you know, this week, you know, she starts on Monday, which is absolutely incredible. And it's that um, I always hold fast, you know, God, we're way more valuables, valuable than the birds and then the animals. And God always looks after us. So my thing is, why stress? Why worry? He knows the story. He knows your story from beginning to end. You just have to wait on him, like Heidi said, you know, and we just worship through the seasons. And um, our kids, they see us through that. And they see, wow, mommy and dad can do it. God is big. And so I just think it's a cool testimony when you're in it. Absolutely. So good, Sal. So good. Parich. Parich. Um, so good. I mean, 
we're, I mean, we're, we'll start giving you guys an update soon, but this, the building that we're moving into is turning into that sort of a testimony. You know, a lot of people kind of felt it couldn't be done and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, we'll be sharing updates soon. As soon as things are, you know, all concrete, we'll give you a, um, an update. We'll be chatting with our leaders this week and we'll, we'll keep you guys informed hopefully um, next week on how everything is kind of eventuated. But God has done really amazing stuff and and he's going to continue to do amazing stuff as long as we hear his voice and we 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 continue to obey his voice. And I think it's an encouragement to hear testimonies of how God's provided and how God's done incredible things when we do obey his voice. So um, we've had other questions come through. I mean, one one question had to do with the um, maybe what was implied a one in 10 people hear God's voice. I just want to clarify. I'm not saying one in 10 people hear God's audible voice when mom said that she heard God's voice. Um, I heard when I was a littler, actually. Yeah. Yes. 12 years old. 12 years old. 12 years old. So God speaks to children. Nah. No, but that, I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of it. I'm just trying to clarify that it's not that one in 10 people hear God's voice. The point is to say that not everybody hear God's audible voice, but we all hear God's voice. We all hear yeah. him speaking different ways, whether it's, you know, through the music or the movies that we watch or whether it's through scripture or prophetic words or pastors, leaders and all of that sort of stuff. Um, some other questions. Well, I think one question, maybe we just finish if you want, mom, just talk with maybe. Do you want to share about that time that you heard God's voice? Someone asked about how you heard God's audible voice. Um, actually, uh, we were we were in Sri Lanka and we were planning to come to Australia because there was so much, um, you know, the civil war had broken open in Sri Lanka and it was chaos kind of thing. And I think I remember, I think it was the last opportunity to come to Australia through the point system, you know, where you have to go sit for an interview. And I'm, you know, I remember uh, mom and dad in front of the interviewer, they were sitting in front and my sister and I were sitting right behind them. So I think uh, this probably wasn't 12, probably about, yeah, 12 and a half, 13. But I remember, uh, you know, while we were sitting and they were asking dad all these questions, you know, because, you know, his job, how much money he had, all these different questions in order to pass, to come to Australia. I remember sitting in the back row and even at a young age, I used to pray in tongues and I was just praying in tongues and I was saying, God, let this happen in between it, you know, um, as a little girl, I just so trusted God in a crazy way. And I remember sitting behind my dad and he, I mean, I heard the audible voice a couple of times, actually. I'll tell you other stuff later. But this time, I remember hearing God says, I've got this. Basically, I've got this. And then I felt my heart settle. And the uh, mom, dad, my sister and I, I even remember what I wore that day. It was a pink and blue checkered skirt with uh, uh, the same top matching top and I I had such peace that God had it and I heard him say I've got this kind of thing and then walked out of there and we got approved to come I, I mean it was so clear like it was just a miracle to get approval because it, they were tightening you know people coming going overseas you know to live permanently and heard the audible voice of God saying that God's got this and you know God came through and then even uh, the other instance when uh, war had broken out and my dad had to come pick my sister and I up from the school he had a bicycle so he came to the school and he left the bicycle there on the grounds and he was picking my sister and I up and running and he said to uh, my sister and I keep your eyes closed don't open your eyes because there were shops getting burned people were you know getting beaten up because there was so much ride between the Sinhalese and the Tamil and um, I remember we got to the house and dad locked the door and dad said to my mom and my sister and myself we need to pray you know and he got us all in the lounge room and we started praying and we were subletting from let's say 41a and 41b the the owners were living in you know that the uh, the unit beside us and we were in the next door and 
uh, my dad is actually Tamil, my mom's Sinhalese. And I remember at that stage, they were, uh, you know, really, um, you know, they were actually, um, you know, wanting to hurt the Tamil people, so to speak. The Sinhalese people were wanting to hurt the Tamil people. And I remember we were praying there and these people were bashing on the door, wanting to know who was living in the house next door. And this Sinhalese woman, it was like the angel. Uh, of the Lord speaking through her coming out and saying why do you want to know and as little kids we were so scared and even then I heard said I have got you my protection is around you I heard him clearly say to me while we're praying in the lounge room with my parents I heard God say and he did after 20 minutes of those Sinhalese people outside just knocking and bashing the door saying we want to know who's in here we want to know if there are Tamil people living in here our life could have been in danger, to be honest, you know, but the hand of God was over our life. You know, I heard God speak even in that crazy, crazy moment kind of thing. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think it's so cool like that when God speaks, you can be at peace because you know that he's going to come through. So like even in the midst of all the war and all the, you know, issues and all the suffering and all of that, or, the, or even just the panic, there's faith um, to have peace because you know, God's going to come through. And I just, I just want to finish back on this. Like, so God spoke to mom audibly, but he might speak to you in a still small voice and let it also be an encouragement to you. Cause I heard it once say like, why does God speak in such a still small voice? Like, I think sometimes he speaks audibly to get our attention and it's like an emergency and there needs to be some sort of a, you know, an impact bang moment. Um, but something beautiful about the, the still small voice of God, the whisper is that it actually, like you think about it, when someone whispers to you, if I speak softly, you kind of got to lean in to hear what I'm saying, you know? So, so he sounds leaning in as I'm speaking softer, everyone's leaning in. So this, the softer I speak, the, the further you got to lean in. And it's been said of God's still small voice that it actually draws you in. When God whispers, when it feels like it's hard to hear God, it actually causes you to lean in and seek him out more. And I think it has a lot to do with um, an invitation to intimacy. God's calling us to be intimate with him, to seek out his word, to seek out his voice. And if you feel like you're struggling to hear God's voice, let me just leave you with this promise that the Bible says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He will Amen. draw near to you. So I just pray that that encourages you. Awesome. Well, that come, that's, that, lead, that brings us to the end of our Let's Talk session on faith when he speaks, the beginning of a series on faith. And I hope that you've enjoyed today's discussion and it's been helpful, that it's um, blessed you and that maybe you've learned a little bit um, through it as well. Or maybe it stirred your faith. If you've got any questions about today's panel or anything that was been discussed today, you can still give us a call or maybe write up an email or shoot us a text um, with any questions that you might have. We'd love to answer them and continue the conversation. Otherwise... And Yep. Yeah, and sorry. And if your question wasn't answered, uh, it's because we are running out of time or we didn't see it, but we will endeavor to answer it. So if you feel like your question wasn't answered, shoot us an email like Leon said or an SMS and we will chat to you directly. Love you guys. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.